Recruiting Blitz podcast powered by the UC Report is back, and this week we go deep into the trenches to talk defensive line play and the benefits of hard work and competition at camps with Nathan O'Neill joins us this week on the Recruiting Blitz podcast. Flying solo this week is... uh, partner in crime, Wade Jirasi, is very deep in numbers. Camp season is officially underway. We had our first two power academies, which were O-line and D-line focused camps, one in Atlanta two weekends ago. We were just in Dallas this previous weekend. Uh, Danny Priest, though, is here uh, working the controls because if he wasn't, there wouldn't be a podcast. It'd just be me screaming out a window, hoping somebody somebody could hear this. Um, but, you know, as camp season begins to get going, because the Under Armour All-American Next Camp Series gets kicked off this weekend in Atlanta, and uh, really excited about the roster. It's a deep, talented group. I think it's going to be a great way to kick off the camp series before uh, we start to head out to Orlando, then to Dallas, and all around the country. Uh, and I think as we start the camp series, we're a little less than a week out from the start of the NFL Combine. Uh, I think it's a great time to kind of maybe delve a little bit into uh, the importance of camps and what you could potentially get out of camps and then also a little bit too, uh, a little bit of talk with the combine. So this week we're going to be joined by Nathan O'Neill, who's worked on the Under Armour Camp Series, the Under Armour All-American Game, and also works with a lot of NFL draft prospects as well as NFL defensive linemen. So we're going to drill a little bit deeper into the defensive line play. We always say games are won and lost up front so a good way to kind of start this camp series and uh to really delve deep in this podcast this week well this week on the recruiting blitz podcast uh lucky to have a a great guest an old friend somebody uh i was trying to look back and find exactly when we started working together uh and couldn't pinpoint it uh so (laughs) that usually is a pretty good symbol that it's it's been a while um it made a name for himself uh, as kind of the premier defensive line trainer in the nation. Uh, I know him from working with us at the Under Armour Camp Series and the Under Armour All-America game. Uh, and I'd like to welcome in Nathan O'Neill. Nate, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, what's what's interesting is, you know, you, um, you think about the world of football and for many years, there's been a niche there for quarterback trainers. Uh, you know, we've seen them on beaches yeah. running around with brooms and they've long kind of kind of had a, the marquee and wide receivers trainings and seven on seven. And there's all, but you know, for as long as they've been playing football, they've been saying the game is won and lost up front, but yet somehow, uh, you know, dialing down and special training on the offense and defensive line has kind of been lost until recent years. And really while there's quite a few, uh, names out there and uh, quite a few guys who do a really nice job working with defensive and offensive linemen. You were really kind of one of the first to get into that space. And as long as I've known you, I've really never kind of gotten the full backstory. I mean, how how do you get into a situation where you start to kind of specialize that and kind of be able to get your name out there and build up the clientele that you have? Well, you know, I'll, I'll say this. Going back to what you said about how long we, we've worked together, it's, it's got to have been at least 10 years. It, it has been a long time. Um, when I was at a crossroads in my life, and I had a really, really close friend of mine who played linebacker in the NFL, and, you know, he sat down. He ran a facility in Atlanta, 
and he sat down and had a conversation with me and, and said, man, you, you, uh, you have a, a, an incredible mind when it comes to understanding trench play and just kind of seeing it a little differently. Why don't you give this a try? And I really was, you know, Craig, I really was at a crossroads in my life. I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I just walked away from feats of strength ministry. Um, my family, we, 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 we kind of were stuck in a place and we just didn't know. And so I said, you know what, I'll give it a month. And that, that my first client was Tamon Fox and, and, you know, throwing old names out there and Derek Brown and Kobe Smith and those guys based out of, you know, Gwinnett County. And I just took a lot of those young relationships that I developed with the high school kids and helped that, use that as a way to help kind of start development of relationships with college coaches. And when I started developing those relationships with college coaches, I really saw there was kind of, kind of two different types of guys in my world. There was the an actual, like what I would call a trainer, a guy who was in it for the money and he, he would go on visits with kids and, you know, take money from schools and stuff like that. And then there was kind of my version of people. And I just wanted to build relationships, man. I wanted to learn. And I took every bit, every bit of information I could. And as I was studying film, I started to kind of get an idea of what I think it looks like and develop my belief system. And as I started to develop that, that allowed me to start to kind of develop my program and really develop me. And I mean, I'm one of the very few guys in my business that really focuses on run game development and, you know, really focuses on just the small details of everything. I don't, I don't do the social media drill hype stuff it's all about complete development of a guy and development of his game and and you know how to find who he is because it don't matter what we think it looks like we have to be able to see what they are and develop them off of that you know i, I want to rewind for a second because you you said something that i i kind of forgot about and and i think it's fascinating and i would imagine kind of plays a role somewhat now in what you do and that's the feats of strength. I mean, it's yeah. one of those things where people may not be familiar and correct me if I'm wrong. It's kind of one of those things where you're toured around kind of with a message of uh, belief uh, and faith, but kind of using like ripping phone books and things like that. Am, am I yeah, correct? Yeah. Is that kind of what it is? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, team impact, we toured around and, and, you know, rips, rip phone books in half, smash concrete and told people about Jesus, you know? Yeah. So kind of <laughs> crazy. I would imagine, though, like somebody, you know, you could be as strong as you want, but I, I would imagine mm -hmm. there's a mental aspect to being able uh, to do those type of things that, you know, was there a part of what you did with that, either from the, the faith-based aspect or from the mental preparation to do those things that kind of carried over into D-line preparation and development? Well, on, honestly, brother, it, it was kind of the mental side because ripping a phone book is all about technique. I can, I can teach anybody to rip a phone book in half, huh. um, break a baseball bat over your lap. Yeah. If you can. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're impossible. Um, but the, uh, you know, breaking a baseball bat, smashing concrete, running through an ice wall, it really is all technique. So, so much of that now, as we were talking about, you know, our stories in our life and everything like that, that's where the faith really came into play. But at the end of the day, 
man, so much of that stuff was just pure technique driven because that's what it is. And, and as I started to learn from the football side, really, right. You know, as I really started to learn again, it, it, it really helped me break down technique because that kind of stuff was about small details and technique. I would think that it would be a great tool to have too, if you're training an NFL client and they're kind of half-assing it and you kind of just put a phone book over to the corner. You're like, I can't take this. I'm so angry. And you, just <laughs> you know, I should, I should try that sometimes. Yeah. That, that, one of the things I will tell you this though, and, and all jokes aside, working with pros, man, pros don't, 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 you, they don't get lazy, you know, not when it comes to once they're actually on the field, those guys, they're paying you a substantial amount of money to help them get better. And a guy who is willing to do that is going to tell you a whole lot about what their drive is. And, you know, I don't, that's one of the things I love about working with them. It's well, all business. Yeah. Well, whether it be the, the, the pros or working with the high school, you know, obviously yeah. you talked about technique and we'll get into some of the key kind of components of being a successful defensive lineman. But I think, you know, so we worked on the Under Armour camp circuit that you see underclassmen camps. One of the things that kind of over the years I've learned and kind of drives me is the will to compete. What are the what are the Absolutely. mental aspects that you first see whether you go, you know what, I don't care how fast you can run or how high you can jump or how quick yeah. twitched you are. If you're missing these elements that are going to make it really difficult for you to maximize those physical tools. Man, honestly, I, I start with the eyes, brother. Like I joke around a little bit. Um, you know, me and Pete Jenkins were joking over the summer, this past summer about how if I could go back and rename my company, it would be feet, hips, hands, eyes, you know? So I really start with the eyes, brother. And when I, when I talk about that, it's a look, a focus, an intensity look in their eyes that as you're talking to them and you're teaching them, you can just see that they're locked in at a completely different place versus a lot of the other guys. When guys are starting to take reps you can see that they're the ones that are really locked in and focused on, you know, coaches as coaches. We talk about taking a mental rep, talk about taking a mental rep. And the guys who who I've noticed that really kind of transition from high school into college and get those opportunities, go to that, that level, level, the NFL level, are those guys. They're locked in mentally. They're locked in with their focus. They're locked in with, with, with that taking mental reps when other people are taking reps. They're not talking to somebody beside them. They're locked in and they're focused and they're trying to learn even when it's not their time to learn. Who are, uh, and just so people, you mentioned uh, Pete Jenkins, who's kind of a mentor of yours and um, uh, kind of a long history along the defensive line. But um, who who are some players that kind of immediately jumped out of you? Like this guy is on another level in terms of being dialed in you know, throughout your career, whether it be a pro or high school or college, who, who's one or two guys who immediately kind of like this guy is elite in his focus. Cole Holcomb, um, a linebacker with the Washington commanders. A lot of people don't know that I actually work with linebackers as well. Um, his, his, his focus and his work ethic and his drive are at, at just a level I had never seen leading into that. And that's not to take a shot at so many of the other guys I work with. It was just so different from the very, very get-go. Um, another one would be a guy like Kenny Willekes, um from Michigan State, um, Luigi Villain, um, a Canadian. 
that that played at Michigan and Wake Forest that you know they they come in and they're not as ranked you know those guys like a Greg Russo um you know a, a Jeffrey Simmons a Montez Sweat that I, I've been blessed to work with during the draft prep process you know this year Jalen Carter you know Miles Murphy those guys are, are just so gifted in in their athleticism and their ability to play the game and and it's not saying that their focus isn't isn't up there isn't high but when a guy comes in and he's got no really kind of that day three that pfa grade and they're trying to overcome so many things that so many people have said they couldn't do and when those guys step in and they're so locked in and so focused on let's go let's get it right let's get it right let's get it right you know what do i need next what do i need next or you it's almost literally like you're pulling them back and going what you need right now bro is some rest get off your feet a little get off your legs um it, it's it's pretty neat to see it's really really special to be a part of last year's draft class might be the one i'm most proud of even though i didn't have a first rounder last year one that I extensively trained with, right? So I had guys that went in the first round that I got flown to to work with for a week and work with for a week. But talking about his guys that was with me for, for you know, 12 weeks, I had nine of them that were priority free agents and all nine of those guys made 53-man rosters. Wow. And that group was so special with how hard and how how focused they were and how hard they worked that it, it, it's probably something, man, that I'll tell my grandchildren about one day. You know, it was just when I work with guys, when I work with the high school kids, even in the camp circuit, this last weekend at the Power Academy in Dallas, I talked about that group of guys. They were just so mentally locked in that it was a pleasure, man. It was like I couldn't I couldn't get enough work with them. Like I couldn't I, I wanted to always constantly take another step with them because they were just so locked in and wanted it so bad. You don't need to say a name, but has there been along the way players because they lacked that effort and focus that you said, you know, this may not be kind of a good pairing that, you know, you should. Yeah. 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 The yeah, guys that, that were drafted that I knew, you know, this dude's going to struggle. You know, and I think an important lesson too, obviously it was a recruiting blitz podcast and a lot of probably uh, parents going through the recruiting process or players, you know, I always try to say everybody's journey is not the same. And I think a guy that's really interesting that I'd I'd kind of be interested to hear your feedback because his road has been long and winding, but it looks like it's going to lead ultimately in the right direction. And that's Robert Beal, who at one point was a five-star kind of fell off. It looked like he might be, you know, uh, for lack of a better word, a bust, but has kind of really turned things around. And you've been with Robert, I think pretty much since the beginning. Can you talk a little bit about kind of his journey and kind of how you see maybe things paying off for him in the next few months? You know, I, I, I'll say this, I'll start with this with Robert. You know, I started working with Robert when he was in ninth grade, essentially. And that was early, early in my career as well. And we talk about, you know, the kids that come and compete all the time. And if you go back and you remember Robert, you know, I didn't make Robert compete. I, I didn't do a good job of leading Robert in that way, way back then, you know. And, but Robert will tell you, and we actually talked about this yesterday in his interview prep stuff. Um, Robert would tell you that there was things growing on, and I, and I contributed to this when he was coming out of high school, things that were going on as he was growing that he just wasn't mentally tough enough yet. And so when he first got to Georgia, 
you know, he struggled in that area. He just wasn't quite there from that mental toughness standpoint. And again, Robert would tell you all about this, man. And and it, it just, as you hit that nail on the coffin every week now, as we're, we're meeting with these kids and working with these kids, that mental toughness side of just, I need to compete and, and get better and, and, and show that, that I am that guy and just go out there every day. That, that's a huge thing for a high school kid. And then when somebody is in their life, and again, at this time, you know, seven, eight years ago, I was that person that when you're in these kids' lives and you're not pushing them to compete, you're actually hurting them. Because Robert is living proof. And, and by the graces of God, the good Lord, man, he, you know, he's had the time to step up and grow up because a lot of these kids don't get that time and or they end up out of that situation now they're they're you know they don't become what they could have become and and robert just stayed and he focused a lot of people don't realize or remember robert joined the portal at one time a few years back and then he pulled himself out of it because and i think ultimately honestly craig i think that was the moment that robert took another step and and really kind of started to grow into the man he's becoming today there's you know that was Halfway through, that was two and a half seasons ago. So that was halfway through the season that year. And the, the year before they won the Natty, their first Natty. And Robert put himself in the portal. And some schools were coming and, and offering. And Robert sat back with his family. And they had kind of that come to Jesus moment. And Robert said, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm going to stay at Georgia. I'm going to fight for my spot here. And that's what he's done. And you look at what he did last season, their first Natty, you know, leading the team in sacks and when the, the issue happened with the player that got arrested, Robert stepped in and that defense kind of didn't skip a beat. And this year he was a major, major part of that team. And, you know, he set himself up very nicely to be drafted in a, in, in a, in a month and a half or so. And, you know, he's going to have a great combine. He's going to perform at a high level and teams are excited about him. And man, I couldn't be more proud of the guy, you know, because again, he has grown so much and, and it's, he's had that time though, but I, I take that all the way back to what, what we talk about with these kids and that's showing up and competing, man, just compete, bro. Compete because that that's going to add to who you become as a player. Yeah. I think, you know, I think he's an interesting story because again, every situation is different. Every path is different, but I think sometimes for younger players, adversity and challenge is good. You know, that's why, you yes. know, you talk about being in a portal and, and stick, sticking it out and winding coming out of it. And that's why I know myself and Tom Luganville, we've talked about, like, I don't think you should be able to enter the portal without penalty until after your second season. Because I think yeah. it's important for coaches to be able to de-recruit, challenge players, to put them through some adversity because there needs Absolutely. to be growth. You know, with – you know, it's human nature sometimes when there is an easy path to choose that path. But even though the more challenging path may lead to, uh, you know, better results in the end. So that's kind of interesting, you know, and it's kind of like I said, Robert, a former Under Armour All-American, was a five-star. So kind of certainly great to see him on that journey and hopefully continuing just to kind of to kind of grow from there. You're, you're working with uh, an exciting group now this year as I think the combine starts on the 28th next Tuesday, obviously I think just the early parts, they kind of hit the field, but um, you know, who are some of the players that you're working with now you talked about in that extended period leading up to the draft? 
Oh man, um, you know, it's 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 been an amazing group this year, you know, from Jalen Carter and Miles Murphy and you know, Will McDonald from from Iowa State and you know, uh uh Robert Beal, of course, um Nick Hampton from from App State, Tavius Robinson, another another national Canadian kid, um Jalen Redmond from Oklahoma, um um Teron Vincent from Ohio State. I mean it's 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 been an amazing group. And I feel bad because I, I I know just off the top of my head, I'm kind of messing it up a little bit. Andre Jones from Louisiana Lafayette, the kid that went to college as a wide receiver, you know, and, and the kid's going to be drafted. Keandre Colburn, Snacks, you know, he was an Under Armour All-American um, from Texas and Mozzie let's, Smith from yeah. Michigan. Let's, let's stop with Keandre because, you know, obviously one of the benefits of kind of uh, being your friend is every once in a while I'll get some training videos of you working out with everybody <laughs> yeah. from uh, – uh, from Jadavion Clowney and Von Miller to, you know, yeah. sent one recently of Coburn working with Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter may, you know, somehow projected as an number one overall player. And I, as I was watching the video before I pieced things together, I actually thought Keandre was Jalen for a second. Was I mean, <laughs> I mean, talk about his kind of development, because I'm kind of interested in some of the guys who you think may wind up, may not be first round picks, but may end up kind of being all pros based off of working. Oh, with man. Um, Keandre is it's really great when you get with somebody like Keandre coming from the university is coming from the university of Texas, meaning, you know, who his defensive line coach is Bo Davis. Um, you know, it's just like with Jalen and who his D line coach is Trey Scott. We speak the same language, you know, being guys who believe in that Pete Jenkins method, especially in the run game. So you get to just kind of jump right into things. And with Keandre, with Keandre, man, he is so explosive and, People are going to – people look at that 40 time, in my mind, just a little too too much in depth, especially when it comes to an interior defensive lineman. The short area quickness for me is everything. And Keandre's short area quickness and short area change of direction is just absolutely phenomenal. I, I, it is a pleasure watching. It's actually kind of a treat, to be honest with you, brother, because like you, you take and you turn on some of the Baylor film that they had this year and some of the things he was able to do just in that short area and that change of direction. Keandre's going to play a long, long time in the NFL. And he, he's one of those guys that has that kind of that focus and that drive that I hit on earlier um, where he might lack some of the pretty stats, you know, the, the, you know, the four eights or, you know, being 330 pounds, you know, he's going to make up for in a lot of ways. And, and he's a guy that can shut down those a gaps in a way that, a defensive line coach, he's going to make him look really smart. Yeah, you know, Sydney too. As someone growing up as a kid, I used to love the draft before it became like a multi-night kind of primetime deal. I mean, um, spectacle. Almost, almost to the point, I remember where I think they used to smoke during the draft. But it's that's how long I've been kind of watching yeah. it. And I remember being a kid, my dream was like, I wish I can get into the combine because it used to be closed and before they covered it. Yeah. The NFL Network came along and you. And you yeah. got access to it, and it's great. But it's just like, to your point, it's like en enough with the wall to wall forty. I get it. Yeah. Like enough. Yes. Like maybe Please. I'm a nerd, but show me some L drill. Show me, you know, some <laughs> yeah. like like enough. I don't need to see everybody run run forty. Give yes. Me, yes. Give me some more. Give me uh, some more on field drills. So yeah, I'm kind of with you, especially 
you know, in the trenches. Like I don't, I don't need it. Like if there's one absolute freak out there at 300 pounds who runs a four eight, like show it. I get it. It's out of the ordinary, but uh, you need to <laughs> right. see everybody who shows up run a forty. Um, but uh, off off topic there, I just had to get on my soapbox for a second, man. <laughs> hey, I could get on that soapbox. I think we could probably do a three hour daggone uh, conference call on that alone, brother. But um, you know, another player that you're working with is obviously a potential potential number one player is Jalen Carter. And actually, before we got on, I went back and looked in the UC report database at his film because he showed up in Orlando in 2018 as a tight end. And actually, it wasn't mm-hmm. bad, but he was a big body and tight end. 2019, he shows up in Orlando. We give him a defensive jersey. He still tries to go over with the tight ends. And if I remember, I think it was Jeff Blake who told him to get out of there and go down with the yeah. DLs. Uh, yep. And I think we may have even invited him to the Under, Under Armour game at that point. And uh, such interesting because he was a big body who wanted to be a tight end. Once he bought into defensive line, the athleticism and the quickness was impressive. I remember mm-hmm. him at the Under Armour All-American game standing out for a couple of things. Is Kind of we talked about compete. And during that week, anything we asked him to do, we actually think we had some injuries at tight end. And we knew it was a tight end. And we asked him, hey, would you go over and play? He's like, sure, do a few reps. At one point, we had a strongman contest. We needed some guys to go out there and, and rep out on the bench. And we, he, I, would you do it? He said, sure. So my, I have, I have not interacted with Jalen since that point. But my small sample size back in high school, once he kind of bought in, was was great. You know? Yeah. Uh, you know, but now let's start with 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 the physical attributes that, you know, jump out to you that potentially hasn't being talked about as a number one pick. You know, I, I will, I will say this. Um, it's funny as you talk about the physical attributes, the, uh, you know, he, he's got the size, man. He's long. He, he's got all that, but like we was just doing drills on Monday and I caught myself watching and going, Dang on boy, if you was to take a picture and post it, what you thought a deep tackle at free technique would look like, it would be Jalen Carter's body. Like it, it from, I'm talking literally from the feet up and the calves, the quads, everything. It just, he's built differently. And, and as much of that is, is as hard work as can be. I think some of those things are just, you know, the good Lord blessed him a little bit with some, with the way his body structure is. Um, as far as short area quickness, I, I don't know in all honesty, outside of Jeffrey Simmons, I don't know if I've ever seen, the same short area quickness as Jalen has and and throwing him in the same conversation as a guy like Jeffrey Simmons is different, bro. Like, like Jeffrey is, is special. Jalen has those attributes to him to be very, very special. Um, very, very likable guy. I mean, he, he, you know, he is, we talked about it in the interview prep yesterday, smile lights up a room and most of his teammates for the most part, everybody has nothing but just amazing things to say about him. And we talked about teammates and the question you asked me earlier was the little thing that got put out on Twitter yesterday about him paying for a walk-ons meal, meals the last year, and which is a thousand percent true. I actually asked him face-to-face about it, and he talked about his relationship with that young man and the special friendship that they've developed over the couple of years, the last couple of years. So there are those great things, man, uh, that you see, a great teammate that you see, you know, and and the special athlete is there, but I mean, you talk about explosive through the hips, you talk about power and violence and a hand strike, an ability with his eyes to put his hands where his, where his eyes tell him to, um, you know, his hand eye coordination is outstanding. And it's just 
for him to take those next steps, and I challenged him with this yesterday, is he's going to have to be able to learn from multiple people. He's going to have to be able to go out there and put major focus on his personal development. And the one thing that I think people forget is NFL offensive linemen are different athletes, man. They are good football players. They are outstanding athletes. And everybody's getting paid. These are the very, 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 very best players across college football. And and there's a lot of guys that at times, you know, what I, I hate using that word bust, man. I don't like it. It's just so daggone negative. But I think where guys start to really kind of lapse is they don't continue to put the focus on the development. They don't continue to try to get better every step. Just because you get there don't mean you made it. The way you're going to create the family wealth is by staying. And the only way you're going to stay is to continue to focus on development. Yeah, I think at any point in life, football or just a life that you think you have it figured out is probably the moment that you're you're done, you know, and I think yes, sir. it's, it's a really frightening when you see it from a high school player because there's still such a long road ahead. But I think even heading into the NFL, as talented as you may be, you know, if you think that you no longer need to work at your craft or improve, then once you stop making forward progress, you're going to get past. And I think that's, yeah. you know, he's been, you mentioned, you know, I mentioned my limited experiences of him being very positive. Um, you know, you talked about, we just talked about some of the nice things that he's done there at Georgia. And I think, you know, a coworker and a friend in Todd McShea had tweeted out there were some character issues and got absolutely kind of hammered. And that keeps coming up as well. I think, you know, I think both things can be true sometimes at the same thing in a sense that a character issue does not mean you are the worst human being that ever lived. But when you are talking about making a multi-million dollar investment, potentially in a first round pick, yeah. And you may not be at that point where you are willing to maximize your ability that can become a red flag, you know? And I think right. you, know, you touch a little bit too, like, are you willing to continue to be coached? Are you willing to continue to put into max work? And then sometimes, you know, it sounds like maybe he may be treading that line a little bit, kind of kind of going back and forth to being things come easy, but am I willing to put in the rest of the work to make sure that right. those things that come easy continue to kind of make, make it elite. So I, you know, again, I think sometimes people see that and they think, oh, character issues. I think that doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad human being. It just means that there may be some areas to kind of work on if you're going to talk about the first pick well, or the uh, top five pick in NFL draft. The first thing I'll say about that with character issues is that there's only one perfect human being ever walked the face of this earth. And, and when, when people start really diving in about stuff, it, I would say this. What would happen if Todd McShay dived into your life? You know what I mean? So I, I'm I'm not going to sit here and, and, and I don't have the experience with Jalen to be able to sit here and pick apart his character. Um, what I do have is experience with him to say that you can see there's a special human being there. Yeah. And you can also tell, you know, I've been doing this stuff for, for 11 years now and I've done it with, with, you know, so many first rounders, so many second rounders, all the way to PFAs, you know, some of the best vets that, that play in the NFL today, all pros, you know, down to guys who played three years in the NFL, down to guys who, you know, or today, Kobe Smith, for example, that is, is going to, is in year four, but it's all been on the practice squad. You know, he's fighting to just get onto the active roster that met 53, you know, 
the uh, the big things that I've learned from Jalen, I probably learned more about him in our interview prep than I've learned on the field. And it's been, he really does well when he's got great teammates, man. You know, and if, if he goes to a, a building, a, an NFL franchise that's got some good vets in there, because he talks a lot about Kobe Dean. He talks a lot about Jordan Davis and that what their leadership has meant for his own life. And when guys talk about that, if you piece this guy with a really good vet that's going to be able to help lead him and develop him, it's going to take a vet. It, you know, the coach is going to be there, the D-line coach, and, and he's going to do a great job. Obviously, he's in the NFL. He's going to do a great job of teaching the scheme to him and, and, and developing them the way they want him developed. But it's going to take a vet, a vet that's going to step in and, and really help show this guy the ropes and how show him how to navigate that world and then continue how to get better. Now, as I can tell you this, there is no standstill in the NFL. If you're not focused on getting better, you're going backwards while somebody else is going forward. So, you know, I really think he's he's got a chance to to go into if he goes into the right building to do some some really positive things. Yeah. Well, we all thrive with good support, you know, in addition, you know, you mm-hmm. think about a guy Nicobe Dean with a high school buckets award winner, went on to college, you know. So that's, you know, again, I you know, the experiences going all the way back to high school, you know, were good and the talent is off the charts and, you know, and you just, it, you hope that he maximizes it because there's such a special player there Absolutely. And, and a bright future ahead. You know, I think, you know, one of the things too, is as we get ready for the combine before we know what the college season will be here, we're just about a month and a half out from the Under Armour All-America game. You were down there. You know, I think, yeah. you know, Another kind of polarizing player to me is Peter Woods, five-star, heading to Clemson. Um, To us, the number one rated defensive player in the class. And I think sometimes, and I don't know, you know, actually I don't think you and I have really actually talked very much about Peter, but I think sometimes we can get lost in the weeds of measurables. Absolutely. Performance. And he may not have elite length, but I don't know if I've seen any more explosive Explosive. and then a player who also worked i mean he he competed yeah no man i'll tell you this you know and and all the under armor camps and and, you know i mean for years i've done them all and and i've never i can't that i can recall worked with peter and you know so when y'all made him the number one defense player i think we actually had a conversation about it as a matter of fact because i like i have no no idea other than this film but high school film can be so misleading because, you know, you're playing against some kids that are just going to be regular students, you know, in a few months. Um, when Peter at the game and in that game, and there was three drives in the middle of the game where he just took over, no matter where they lined him up, no matter if they put him at DN, no matter if they put him at D tackle, it did not matter. He was unblockable. And it, it just, I found myself for a couple of minutes looking at it and being a fan. I mean, and he doesn't have that great length. And if you were to sit here and say, Nate, give me your ideal defensive line across the board, you know, on the edge and in at nose tackle, two of the big things I'm going to talk about is going to be length and size, you know, and where Peter doesn't have that. But what he does have is an, a natural ability to rush, a natural ability to get vertical. And you t- again, we go back to that short area quickness. It was impressive. It was really, really impressive to watch. Yeah, and just natural leverage. I mean, he was uh he's a player who I think could could really be an impact player at Clemson. And again, like 
I was yeah, there. Nick Eason is going to be one happy, happy, happy man right there. Yeah, probably. you know, when you think about the D-line tradition that they've been building at Clemson, I think he's kind of the uh, the next great one. I want to put you on the spot, but any other players you remember from that week that, you know, college football fans should be looking out for in the trenches? No, um, I don't want to say his last name because I'm going to murder it, but PJ that's going to Oklahoma. Adubarure. Adubarure. <laughs> um, that kid right there, once he started to really kind of learn how to use his length a little bit, you know, and, and I put him way outside, you know, uh, out in a seven technique, you know, pretty much, and which is what he's going to do at Oklahoma. Um, watching him rush off that edge because, I mean, I remember the kid from, from what was it, Kansas City, um, kind of came out of nowhere, and we were just like, holy crap, who's this kid? What's this kid's been? My gosh, what he can bend, and he can turn a corner. And, and once he really starts to put it together, no doubt in my mind, but them guys in Oklahoma, <clears throat> Todd Bates and them, they're going to teach him how to use that long arm. And good grief, that's going to be a special one. He'll be a special one to watch. Yeah, of all the top prospects in the class, he probably still has the highest ceiling that you're talking about. In oh, my God. Development-wise, he hasn't even touched it. He yeah. hasn't even touched it yet. And it's interesting, too, that you mentioned him on coming off talking about Peter because it just shows how – that not everything comes yes, in sir. the same package, you know, and, and <laughs> absolutely, you know, and you're absolutely they told yeah. you could be great football players in very, in very different ways. Uh, you know, we've been going for about 45 minutes now, so I'm going to let you go here, but I just, as we get ready to head into camp season, we just had two really successful power academies, one in Atlanta, one in, uh, one in Dallas. And we're going to have to have you on at some point to talk about the 2026 class that is, already showing kind of great promise along the defensive line, but we're heading to Atlanta this week to start the Under Armour next camp series, mm -hmm. you know, from your perspective, working with NFL vets, draft hopefuls, and also doing a camp series for many years. What are a couple of pieces of advice that you would have for prospects as you know, are going to be heading out to camps this spring, you know, either early on or, or getting ready, you know, to head into their senior year. The, the number one, piece of advice I give to every kid at every camp series and, and anybody that's going to be listening here is when you work with a trainer, whether it's a speed coach, a position coach in any position, make sure they understand the why behind what it is they're doing. Make sure they actually truly understand the reason why people do the things they do, why college coaches do what they do, why NFL coaches, why guys like me, why we do what we do. Make sure that they're not just taking some drill and saying, oh, I like the way that looks. You have to know the why. If you don't know the why, you're not actually teaching anything. Like, like this game is so detail-oriented. You need to understand those details. And, and, and I'll hit on that with when you talked earlier about, you know, there was always so many quarterback coaches and wide receiver coaches. And, you know, with, with, with the trenches, the trenches have so many more details in it than what people can even fathom. And, and it's so important that people understand the why behind those details, the why behind drills to develop those details. If you don't understand that, then all you're doing is you're taking money from people and you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. And also, you know, too, on that point, it's like, make sure that if you're going to work with somebody outside of your coaching staff, make mm -hmm. sure that they have your best interest and not their best interest. I will Absolutely. Say I had this past weekend, we had one player who would not run. And I, I'm not going to mention yeah. his name. Went and talked to the dad. And the trainer said, don't do this. Trainer said, don't. I'm like thinking to myself, does the trainer not believe in your son? I mean, who is he? Yeah. 
who is he trying to protect or to not be exposed? So again, it's, it's there's a lot of people out there. Make sure you, you kind of do your research, you know, uh, you're right. Cause I think one of the things, you know, this is, this is what you do for a living, but on the camp series, you've never discouraged anybody from working or from testing or doing yeah. those things. It's like, go out there, work your craft and compete and get better. And, well, you know, uh, you know I, I'll, I'll leave people with this. You know, I had, I was blessed the year before the pandemic to go work training camp with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, and, and being a part of that and with one of my mentors, Joe Colin, who's now the defensive line coach for the Kansas City Chiefs, um, being a part of that and listening to what these coaches talked about, you know, while the team was warming up, and, you know, obviously this is before cuts were made. And coaches are literally standing there taking notes on guys warming up. How serious do they take just a team stretch? You know, coaches are going to look and they're going to see and they're going to want to see, are you competing in everything you're doing? Are you taking everything you do very, very serious? Because at the end of the day, that's going to say a whole lot about that football character that's coming into their building. And, and people have to understand that. If you're not warming up, if you don't take your warm up serious, if you don't if you don't focus on, on the relationships just with a trainer or walking onto the field saying hello to the everybody that you pass by, you have no idea how important that makes somebody feel. Um, if if you're not that type of person, then you know you're going to have issues. And and we'll go back with that one young man who didn't daggone come out there and run, and 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 we go again to that just competing. And sometimes, well, I mean, all the time, your biggest competition is yourself, mm -hmm. you know? So you got to compete with yourself at all times. But how many coaches are going to see the fact that you come out to that Power Academy, had this amazing opportunity, all that film that's going to be set on their desk? Well, it probably is what today, mm -hmm. um, sitting on their desk from, from Dallas, and they're not going to see you run a 40. But they're going to see you do all the position drills, so you're not hurt. Yeah. So what does that say about you? Yep, exactly. Well, so. good, yeah, good. Bottom line is we always say compete. Um, well, Nate, listen, I'll say this. I, I when I when I have to introduce you at camps, I usually say uh, uh, there may be somebody out there, but I haven't met a more passionate about D line play. Uh, so I uh, that. yeah, and like I said uh, looking forward to many more camps. We got we'll be in Atlanta this weekend and crisscrossing the country all spring long, but. Uh, I appreciate the insight. Again, Nathan O'Neill, feet, hips, and hands. If you don't know him, it's the guy behind the scenes. But trust me, he'll have his fingerprints all along the NFL Combine coming up next week in the NFL Draft, as well as players in the NFL. So um, a name that I encourage you to look up. And they said, if those of you who be at camps, as I always tell young defensive linemen, when you're working those camps, you know, ask questions. Uh, pick your Absolutely. brain. This is a wealth of knowledge, and I'm always – Several wind up doing it. I know you wind up forming relationships uh, yeah. with those guys as well. But really appreciate yes, your time, brother. And I will uh, see Thanks you for having me on. this weekend. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. So I want to thank Nate for joining us. A lot of great insight there on some of the uh, top prospects heading into the NFL draft. Uh, some stories about, you know, everybody's journey and path is a little bit different there, whether it be a Keandre Coburn or Robert Beal. Jalen McCarter, uh, excuse me, Jalen Carter. Uh, we also talked about some prospects to watch heading into this 2023 uh, college football season out of the 2023 class. And, you know, the one thing I want to kind of leave you with, 
that kind of Nate had touched on there at the end. And, you know, in NFL camps, all the things that they watch, even in heading to these camp series. And as you go, I know a lot of junior days are coming up. Um, official visits will start for the 2024 class here in April. You know, one thing to remember is everything you do when you're at events like this is an opportunity to get evaluated. And it's always important to be able to make sure that you're doing all the little things right, running a really fast 40, having a great vertical, winning one-on-one -on -one reps. Those are all great. It's a lot of the little things, especially as you rise up the ladder, that will separate you. How you treat support staff. Uh, do you throw away your garbage? Are you willing to compete in all aspects? Are you giving effort all the time? All those things resonate. All those things making an impression. And whether it be at the Under Armour camps or the elite underclassmen camps or whether you go on a visit uh, and somebody who is showing you around who may not be on a coaching staff, and <clears throat> all those things are going to go back to those coaches eventually. So always be mindful. All the little things matter of what you do. And all those little things that may not seem important at the time can ultimately add up and to help you move forward and progress. And so a lot of times it's just more than how big you are, how fast you are, how fast you may run, how many sacks you may have. And that's the other thing, too, especially from an O-line, D-line standpoint or any point during the camp. I'll give you this piece of advice. One-on-ones, they're great. They're fun. They're great for social media. A lot of the things you do during a camp and the drills, those things resonate a lot more with coaches. So put forth the effort, work on the technique. One-on-ones and fund are always a great way to end camps, but they are not the end-all, be-all, um, you know, kind of half-assing it through drills or not paying attention to technique, but maybe going against somebody who may not be as good as you and getting a win in one-on-ones may seem great in the moment, but trust me, in a bigger picture, it's what you've done maybe an hour earlier in that camp that ultimately resonates more with coaches. So a lot out there. Going to continue as we get ready to head out on the road. We're going to be around some great coaches, around some uh, top prospects. Uh, continue to kind of bring you more information. Again, thanks to Nate O'Neill for his time this week. Until next time, we will see and look forward to seeing a lot of you out on the road during the camp series. If you see me, please come up, say hello. Always great to talk to parents and prospects. Until next time. This is the Recruiting Blitz Podcast powered by the UC Report.